You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Um, today we'll be talking about the story of Jonah, and see, up until last week, I didn't know the full story because I never actually went through the whole book, right? Because I just knew about Jonah and the whale. And you, remember those like picture books from like uh, uh, Sunday school, you know, with Jonah and the whale or like Veggie Tales? Veggie, that, that's me, just me. All right, cool. But it's a really funny story. And by the end of the sermon, we're going to be calling Jonah the the petty prophet because this guy is the petty prophet. Like generally, I feel like if any of us we're like prophets back then, we would be Jonah. We're all Jonah. All right, I'm going to pray real quick before we go into it. Um, yeah. Heavenly Father, I come before you tonight, and I thank you for this, you know, wonderful opportunity to be able to speak to these students tonight and to, you know, share the gospel and come to know you better. I pray, Lord, that as I speak, that you'll speak through me and that anything that I say that is not of you, that they'll forget. Lord, I pray that you help me to speak boldly and confidently. I remember that any nervousness I might be feeling is just selfishness because this word I'm preaching out tonight is really important and they deserve and need to hear it. Amen. All right, so you guys know that all summer uh, the series we've been doing has been looking at uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament and the stories that shape Jesus from the Old Testament. So the uh, the verse we're looking at today from the New Testament is Matthew 12, uh, 38 to 40, and it says, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Cool. What does that mean? We'll get into that. First of all, I'm going to, we're doing something different today. So three weeks ago, I had the opportunity to speak at JHM, and I made those kids read, like, a lot. You guys are going to read today. It's, it's another reminder that school's around the corner. <laughs> so I remember earlier, Jazzy was, like, trying to, Jazzy, Haley, I don't know who it was. Someone was making, someone was trying to make you forget that school's around the corner, but I'm going to remind you today that school's around the corner. We will read this entire book except one chapter today. And so uh, we're going to start from Jonah 1, uh, and we're going to go through the whole thing. But I just want to say this, that if you guys aren't able to do that, I'll be really disappointed because the junior high schoolers were able to do it, like, really well. Y'all are in high school. That's kind of embarrassing, you know? So uh, ready? Y'all ready? Yes. So we're going to go Jonah 1, 1 to 5. All right, cool. The word of the Lord. No? I'm not going to go with you. You're going to do it by yourself. I'm just going to watch and judge, you know? <laughs> Ready? Three, two, one.
I'm not going to lie. It might be the hater in me, but I was expecting y'all to fail at all. <laughs> all right, anyways. So, so, Jonah is sent to Nineveh by God, and Nineveh is the capital of Assyria. Now, at the time, Assyria was the enemy of the Israelites. They were like, they were, they were not cool. It was like the Dodgers and the Angels, or the Lakers and the Clippers. And I hope no one here is a Clippers fan, because I will flame you. But, <laughs> but you know, they were, they were not on good terms, right? And God was going to send destruction upon Nineveh, because they had been committing a lot of evil. And so God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh, and dude is like, yeah, no. So here's what my boy Jonah does. He gets on a ship, and he goes in the other direction, right? And we can already see the very first problem here. You know, if God tells you to do something, you just, you do it, right? 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 And so in verse 7 to 12, um, you know, the sailors start asking each other. They're like, you know, you know what's going on? You know, the, the storm's getting really bad. You know, whose fault is this? And verse 7 to 12 tell us that when Noah, um, Jonah had gotten on the ship, he told them why, what he was doing, right? He told them that he was running away from God. And in my, my head, what I probably think happened was, you know, they were like, you know, ticket please, ticket please. Like, what are you here for? I'm running away from God. All right, cool. So he just, you know, proceeded. He kept going, right? And they probably didn't think much about it because, you know, each man had his, his own God, right? They all worshiped their own gods. And, you know, today in our culture, especially with us Christians, you know, if someone told you that they were running away from God, you'd be like a little concerned. But they were like, you know, everyone has their own God. It's cool, you know. So I think the very first thing we see in this chapter is that God can use people, our mistakes to bring about great things. Because when, when the storm happens, they're like, wait, hold up. Isn't there a dude on here who said he was running away from God? Go, go call that dude up. So they call him up, and they were like, who are you again? And he tells, them, he tells them who he is. He tells them where he's from. And see, it's a witness. He's being a witness to them. His act of disobedience is witnessing to them. Because the fact that when they realized that things were going really bad, it must have been this one dude, means that they must have realized that the God that Jonah you know, was clinging to had a lot of power, right? And we see in verses uh, 13 to 16, uh, the storm got worse, right? And they asked Jonah, they were like, what do we do with you? Like, how do we stop this storm? And he was like, y'all can just, like, throw me into the water. And they were like, nah, you're kind of wild. You already told us you were running away from God. Don't you want to kill yourself? And so they just, they just keep rowing, right? They keep, uh, and it gets even worse. So at, eventually they're like, you know what, just throw them over. And wh while they throw them over, they're asking God for forgiveness the whole time. They're, like, spooked. They're like, we're about to kill a dude. And we don't know how it's going to end. But when that happens, there's peace and the storm subsides. And they, they made a sacrifice to God and they started praising God. And remember, all these men had their own gods, right? You know, they worship, each worshiped a different god. And through Jonah's mistake, God's able to show these men who he is. And I think that's really interesting that sometimes when we mess up, God still finds a way to use our messes to bring about something even greater. In... Chapter 2, what basically happens is Jonah prays, right? And before we get there, I want to talk about what happens when we decide not to follow God's calling. You know, what is that one thing that God has asked you to do that you decided not to? I'm, I'm going to let you, like, hold that and then say it in a life group 
and I'll be going around every life group. Any of you life group leaders? Let's not go there. But, <laughs> but basically, I can relate to Jonah because I kind of messed up how we messed up, right? Um, a few weeks ago, I felt God putting it on my heart to, you know, get off social media for a bit. And I was just like, nah, you know, you know we're chilling. But I started feeling a lot of anxiety last week. And I felt God ask me to, you know, go back and, you know, to fix that mistake. So this week, I deleted every social media app. You can clap for me now. Thank you, 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 thank you. But don't you fear, there's someone out there managing my streaks. So I was on like 94 days with a couple people. You know, when I hop back on, we should like hit 100, you know. But um, in chap like I said, in chapter two, Jonah prays to God and um, he prays that, he gets swallowed by the whale and he prays to God that, God would save him from this, and the, the whale spits him out, and he's able to carry on the mission that God sent him on. Um, some theologians have speculated that while Jonah was in the whale, he was actually dead. So when Jesus speaks about uh, dying and rising again in three days, this connection was more literal than we would probably think of when we just do a literal reading of it. Um, now I'm going to make you all read all of chapter, chapter 3. It's like 10 verses, so it should be live work, right? We got this? Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. So it starts with, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Three, two, one. That, that, that really warms my heart. That, wow. Thank you, thank you. All right, so that leads me to my very first point, and that's that God's love and compassion is not exclusive to your tribe, right? Now, I want you guys to think about this for a moment, right? You know, God, we, we already know that the Israelites are God's chosen people, right? That's what the whole entire Old Testament's about. We see the story of God's chosen people, you know, and God using them in the world and in the region surrounding them. But, it's really 
interesting how, you know, Jonah was reluctant to follow God's command. And it was probably because it was difficult for Jonah to imagine God supporting the people that were their enemy, right? You know, he was like, but, you know, we don't mess with them, you know. Like, why, why would you want to help them out? And that, that's kind of how we all are, you know, in a way. Uh, we, sometimes we think that, you know, God's love and compassion is just for us, but it's not. And in the case of Jonah, you know, this is probably what sparked his disobedience. And I, th- I think something we should all cling on to is that, you know, God's not just your God. He's the God of all, and he cares deeply for all his creation. And, in fact, we are commanded to love all people because God loves all people, and he wants the best of them. In Matthew 22, uh, 38 to 40, Jesus says, love, to God, lo- love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That means we're commanded to love our neighbor that eats pineapple on pizza. Or the one that thinks LeBron is greater than MJ. I'll be praying for you. Or the one that thinks Marvel is better than DC. Have I done it? No? I thought y'all would get mad and just, like, rush me. But... DC is better than Marvel, and I will stand by that statement. Yes, 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 yes. Bro, I need y'all to read the comics, right? I know the movies got y'all fooled, but if you grew up on the comics like I did, you'll realize that DC has a better superhero universe than Marvel. Well, <laughs> we'll, co- <laughs> we'll come back to that later, but, you know, in time, you'll come to think how I do about this. But seriously, let's think about what this means. It means that we're supposed to love our neighbor that believes differently than us. You know, our strange neighbor, our black neighbor, our white neighbor, our gay neighbor. Regardless of however we feel about any one group of people, we have to realize that God loves everyone, right? And we're commanded to love them too because God loves them as well. The interesting thing about this chapter Something I love a lot is that the Ninevites weren't reluctant. They, like, the moment that Jonah came up to King Dude, and he was like, you know, God told me this. He was like, oh, all right, bet. Um, all of you go put on sackcloth. We're fasting. You know, we're doing this. We're doing that. And he, he was, like, straight to it. You know, he didn't hesitate. You know, he realized that they had done evil in the sight of God, and he was willing to repent. And that's an example we should follow. You know, whenever you do something, and you know, you feel the, the Holy Spirit calling you to repentance. It's, it's a way in which you should act. It's a, way, it's a direction you should take. Can we read again? Yeah? No? We feeling it? We're feeling it? We're going to read all of chapter four now. <laughs> Ready? I'm going to count y'all down again. Three, two, one.
I give that like a B minus. <clears throat> like, seriously though, if being honest, what happened was, you know, it, like the very first time y'all read, I was like, yeah, they're, they're amazing, they're wonderful. The, the second time it was really good. But then right now, it was, it was like a dip at the start and y'all you know, came back like the Cavs in 2016. But, you know, um, it's a B minus, it's a solid B for me, you know. It's, it's all right, it's not an A plus, but you know, it's, it's, it's cool. Um, I want to turn you guys' attention to something that just blows my mind away, right? I was reading this book last week, and I was in the office, and, um, you know, Claire and Haley were, you know, just, they were working diligently, as I always do. You know, Haley was doing her reimbursements, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, Claire was doing whatever, Claire does a lot now, actually. You know, you know, Eric's on sabbatical, and, you know, Claire's like, she's like Atlas, you know, like, with the globe, but um, guys, I started like, I burst out and I started laughing, right? Because do you get what just happened? So this dude, Jonah, right? God calls him to go minister to the people in Nineveh, and he's like, no. And then he gets hauled by a fish and he's like, yes. And then he gets there and he ministers to the people. He goes around. It's not just one person, right? Because I remember in the chapter it talks about, you know, the king giving out a decree. But he's going through the whole city of Nineveh. He's telling them, you know, y'all have been sinning. God's going to destroy the city because of your sins. Repent. You know, come to God. Maybe he'll have mercy on you. And he does that. He's done. And bro just like, he goes to the front of the city, sits down, and he's just waiting for his destruction. That's so petty. Like, he had to get past the whole, God, they're my enemies, and uh, I don't know why you'd want the best of them, but he does what God asked him to do, and he just, he just, he just sits there, and he's like, he's like under the shade, and he's just waiting for God to like destroy the city. It's like that Bernie meme. Do you guys remember the Bernie meme? The, the Bernie Sanders meme where he's like, pull that up real quick. That Bernie meme. He's doing the Bernie meme under the plant. <laughs> and... I'm not even going to lie, I feel like, I feel like if we were all prophets, probably be like that, but it just, it was funny to me because, you know, I, I, like, I really thought, I was like, you know, he changed his mind, he realized, you know, there's a problem with what he did, right, and, you know, every, we're cool, everything's like, you know, chill, but he just waits there, and he sits out in front, and he's waiting for the city's destruction, and that's so funny to me, and it, they were like, why are you laughing, and I was like, you got to read this. <laughs> but I want to introduce you guys to two new words, all right? And you can thank me later because you can use these words on your essays now, and you can tell them that guy has sent you. You know, I'm going to college, I'm racking up thousands of dollars in debt, and, you know, this is what came from it. The very first word I'm going to introduce you guys to tonight is called an axiom. And basically an axiom is an evidential, evidential truth. It's like a foundational truth, right? So it's like, it's... It's something that doesn't need to be explained. Something that's just, it's just known. It's like the, it's a foundational truth. Like, for example, uh, you can't be married and divorced at the same time. You know, we're not going to argue about that. It's just illogical. It, it doesn't make sense. And so and ax axioms are foundational truths. And prax uh, praxis is an idea translated into action. And I, I want to tell you guys this. They will know our axioms by our praxis. And basically, what that means is they'll know what we believe by what we practice, by how we embody what we believe and how we act. You know, in John 13, 35, 
uh, Jesus tells the disciples, he says, by this everyone will know that you're my disciples, if you love one another. And Jonah's not very loving here, like, at all. Um, this is like a situation where it's W God L Jonah, right, Marie? Where's Marie? Right? W God L Jonah, we talked about this. She wanted me to put her in the sermon, so I put her in the sermon. But <laughs> this is an idea, this is an example of how not to love people. Uh, a lot of people out there have never experienced the love of Christ. They will never open their Bibles. They will never come to know who God is. The only Bible they'll ever open is you. The only way they'll, they might ever come to know God or come to know Jesus' character is how you interact with them and how you treat them. And I want to ask you this question. When people think about you, is the first thing they think about how you love them? And I think maybe this is a, where we need a reminder of the gospel. Because in Jonah 4.11, God tells Jonah, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend to it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And so I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals. I think that captures the gospel in a way, that God cares for everyone, you know, the good and the bad. In Romans 3.23, it says that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I mean, you guys turn on the news, right? You, you see all the, all the problems in the world. You see everything that's going on. You know, there's pro- poverty, there's homelessness, there's war. And all that stems from the human heart, our predisposition to do evil and to not love our neighbors as Jesus has called us to. But there's a cure. In John 3.16, It says, we all know this, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And I would be honest with you. (laughs) Uh, Growing up, there was never a time when I wasn't annoyed uh, about having to say that at Sunday school because it was like, you know, we, it was like, I hear this every week. Like, can you all switch it up? But there's never a time when I hear that. There's never a time where I'm presented with the gospel again when I, I don't think about how beautiful it is. That despite how evil, how broken, how, how bad we are, that God still loves us and he was willing to sacrifice himself for us so we could come to know him better. And that despite everything we've ever done, he's willing to throw out our, our punishments he was willing to be the substitute. He was willing to, to die for us so we could experience eternal life and come to know true peace. Um, and I, I don't think it's ever going to lose its, its meaning or its, its power if we don't really reflect on what that means and what that's saying to us. Even, I don't, I'm pretty sure that even the older people here will testify that it doesn't lose its power to them. That there's no matter, there's no, no matter how long you've been Christian, there's never a point where, you know, that, that becomes less than it is. And um, if you don't know, (laughs) if you don't know who Jesus is, I would like to invite you to come to know him tonight. I'm going to tell you about what Jesus did for me. 
He took a, <laughs> he took a self-obsessed, we're working on that, <laughs> took a self-obsessed, broken boy who thought, you know, sports was the end-all, be-all, who thought he would become a professional athlete and that he would, he would just live life for himself. And he, he brought true peace into my life. Um, I think the gospel of Jesus Christ is called the good news because it's the best news that you'll ever hear, that no matter how bad things are, no matter how bad they get, that there's still a loving God out there who really cares about you, who cares for you. That no matter what storm you're in, no matter what you're facing, he wants you to be with him. He wants to provide meaning in that suffering. And I'm not saying that coming to know God, building a relationship with him, you know, committing your life to Christ, that it just makes all your problems go away. It, it doesn't. This past year has been the hardest year of my life, guys, if I can be, like, extremely honest with you. It's been the best year and the worst year. And although there was a lot of bad that happened, it's also the best year because I got to see how God showed up in a lot of circumstances. And so what I would like to do tonight is ask all of you to close your eyes. And if you've never come to know Jesus, if you've never made him your Lord and Savior, I just want you to pray right now that, that he would come into your heart. I want you to acknowledge that, you know, the state of the world, how things are right now, you contribute to that a little bit. Might not be a lot, but we, we, all, we all contribute to that. I want you to acknowledge that. Acknowledge that he's Lord. No, that he has the best news that you'll ever hear, that you, you want him in your life. I want you to invite him into your heart. And you can pray this prayer any way you want. But if you're comfortable with it, I would like it if you uh, raise your hand so I can pray for you as well. Because I think it's a, it's a really bold and beautiful thing. Likewise, um, if you're a Christian, call yourself Christian, and... Uh, you feel like, yo, lately things haven't been going well. Uh, I'm not as committed as I used to be. You feel like God's calling you again to recommit yourself to him. I'd like you to raise your hand as well so I can pray for you. And uh, I don't want you to be scared of that because I'm telling you guys, we're, we're going to recommit a lot. I recommitted myself to Christ this year. You know, sometimes we deviate off the track we're supposed to be on. And we just need to, you know, get back on track. And if you're comfortable with it, I'd love to pray for you. Um, Heavenly Father, I come before you tonight. Uh, thank you for all the wonderful students that are here and, you know, the leaders that have given up their time to serve these students. I pray for anyone here who's, who's seeking a relationship with you, genuinely, who wants to come to know you better, who wants to, who's inviting into their lives right now, who is recommitting themselves to you. I pray, Lord, that you just fill them with peace, the, the, the best peace they'll ever know. I pray, Lord, that you, you'll come into their lives, help them to build a relationship with you, to come to know you better. I pray, Lord, that on this new journey they've decided to embark on, that you'll be there for them. I mean, I don't need to pray that. I know you'll be there for them, but, but I pray that you help them to realize that you're there for them. 
And I pray for the students here who are going through one thing or another that you'll just provide for them. One of the names that you're called in the Old Testament, Lord, is Jaira, you know, the God that provides. And everyone in here has a different need, a different thing that they're seeking from you, a, a different thing that they need. Pray, Lord, that you'll just meet all of the needs tonight. I pray, Lord, that as we leave this place tonight, that you'll be with each and every one of us, that you bring us closer to you, help us to know you better, help us to serve you better, help us to love one another better, Help us to make this world a better place. I pray, Lord, that you help us to learn from the mistakes of Jonah and learn how to love, how to love like you. Amen.